Welcome to the Alight on Wellbeing podcast series. As life at home and at work converge, employee well-being has never been more essential to maintaining high-performing organizations. At Alight, well-being is at the heart of how we operate and serve our clients. We believe in the connection between a healthy mind, body, wallet, and life, grounded in inclusion, so that all employees live their best life at home and at work. We're glad you could join us today to learn the latest and greatest on employee well-being. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to November. Welcome to the number six installment on the Alight on Wellbeing podcast. My name is Matt Bragstead. And over the last five sessions, we've brought forth some of the most fascinating, the, the, the thought leaders across all of Alight. And number six, uh, November, the month of Thanksgiving, is going to be absolutely no different. Uh, today, I am joined by two awesome folks. Dr. Mystery, although that's maybe a little too uh, DC Comics. Uh, we'll go with Dr. Bippin. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself, Dr. Bippin? Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is a great time to talk about an important subject. So Bippin Mystery, Chief Medical Officer here at Alight. Uh, my background is internal medicine. I still occasionally see patients and uh, over the past several years, I've been working in value-based healthcare, and uh, at Alight, I'm helping on the healthcare navigation, uh, in both in strategy and thought leadership and innovation. Uh, so I look forward to the conversation. Super cool. Number two, Ali Cusick. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi. Um, yes, Ali Cusick. I'm vice president, um, and I lead uh, product strategy for uh, inclusivity and equity at Alight, which means that I work with our clients to understand um, their priorities and objectives when it comes to uh, delivering equitable and inclusive experiences and outcomes to their employees from a well-being perspective, and then translate that with our product teams and delivery teams into the ways that we work and the products and solutions that we put in market to ensure that we are helping deliver equitable and inclusive outcomes and solutions. Fantastic. I'm sure everyone's ex as excited as me today. So the topic today uh, for those tuning in is social determinants of health or SDOH or, or some group of words in there that, that work with that. And really not only what it is and, and where, how we're seeing that in the market, but also how uh, a light's partnership with an organization called socially determined is going to help us continue to, to broaden the conversation and extend our product. So Ali, since I have you off a of mute, let's start with you. Uh, can you talk a little bit about why it's, it's important to understand how social determinants of health impact people's overall well-being? Yeah, absolutely. So what we know today is that, uh, which is surprising, I think, to some people, um, I know it was surprising to me when I first learned it, is that uh, regardless of diagnoses, um, 80 to 90 percent of what will lead to an outcome um, from a well-being and health perspective are driven by social determinants of health. So it doesn't matter if I have the flu or I have, uh, I'm pre-diabetic or I'm diabetic or I have cancer or something like that. What matters are the social determinants of health, which are the situations about where I grew up, how I grew up, uh, where I live today, the access I have to resources, um, my parents and, you know, the generational impact of that. 
um, those factors contribute so much more to the outcomes for whether it's an acute uh, point in time uh, illness or need, or it's more of a chronic a chronic need um, than we realize. And the reason that's important to um, a you know corporations, and we think about employee well being, and we think about a light being this enga- employee engagement platform is that you can't you can't transform the employee experience you can't uh, deliver as we uh, aspire every day to deliver to our customers a consumer grade employee well-being experience without actually understanding the individuals so just like um, consumer companies you know create a profile of information that we provide willingly and then they amass about our behaviors and they collect from third parties social determinants of health helps round out the profile of the employees that we are working to engage support protect and know through the work that we do and without that information we can't ensure that the recommendations the next best actions the guidance that the teams that, that Dr. Bippen oversees um, are relevant and are as extensive and comprehensive as they need to be based on your living situation and the access that you have to resources to support you. Gosh, 80 to 90%. Yeah. Uh, count me in on the group that is absolutely blown away on that. And and I think it's even more fascinating when we combine that with some of the stuff coming out of the mindset study that are saying two-thirds of employees are willing to give personal information, exactly the information you were talking about, Ali, um, if their employers can help them solve personal problems. And so the combination of, I mean, this is a whole area that I think organizations are, it's, it's not an area they're comfortable in. Uh, I was like, organizations that were trying to help employees with loneliness during COVID. And, and it's, there's, there's gotta be some, some ways that we can help navigate through that. Dr. Bippen, thinking about that, like what are some of the trends that you're seeing from, from this perspective that, that can help organizations try to predict what they can do to help? Yeah. Great question. You know, look, I think social determinants of health has always been a prominent factor when we talk to people who are doctors and hospitals, you know, it's always been taken into consideration. Uh, it's It has huge impact on chronic diseases. If we just take diabetes, for example, I mean, just think about, you know, the cost of drugs. There's an element of financial insecurity there. What about the food that we're eating? I mean, diabetes is certainly subject to, you know, what you put in your mouth and what you digest is going to be affecting your health. You know, what about um, the access to healthcare? You know, some diabetics may not have the access to an endocrinologist and have to rely on, you know, uh, other means to to try and get uh, information. And then just understanding your disease. I mean, just the healthcare literacy pieces, you know, some people understand it, other people do not. You know, why should I be taking my sugars, for example? You know, what's the impact of it? And then you start to think about, you know, can they, do they have the tools to be successful in managing their disease, you know, such as, you know, continuous glucose monitors. What does that mean? That's technology. Do I have Wi-Fi? Do I have, you know, broadband, whatever, to try and sort of have that machine connected to my app? And finally, you know, what about the caregivers? So with that all said and done, you know, what we're seeing now is that a greater movement towards sort of addressing these social determinants of health. And in our healthcare navigation solution, we definitely have been looking at folks from a holistic perspective. 
affected, not just about their medical condition, but it's also about, you know, who else is supporting them in their in their family structure, wherever that may look like. And how are they coping? And are we addressing the gaps in care? Are we sort of addressing some of the social determinants of health needs? And I think what we're seeing nowadays is more and more people sort of pay, paying more attention to that and figuring out, you know, what should my benefits look like? What can we subscribe to? What is wellness? What is part of the health plan? And so you're seeing trends in that. So some health plans are trying to address food insecurity by, you know, sort of offering or c collaborating with companies that, uh, help with that, such as Season Health or Nutrition RX, where there are sort of purposeful movement towards, you know, getting people the right food that makes sense for their underlying condition. You get other companies like Uber Health who are sort of expanding their network of access to delivering, delivering, you know, not just um, pharmacy stuff, but uh, also, you know, potential, you know, groceries. So you've got this incredible opportunity with the resources that we have uh, to try and address these social determinants of health. And one final point is that, you know, we have to understand how people engage in their own wellness and health. Um, and I think that this is where I think social determinants of health comes into play is like some people may want to be anonymous when they engage and just come through a digital track. Some people actually need more support and may be looking for clinicians who look like me, speak like me and talk like me. So, you know, there's so much opportunity. So I think, you know, finally we're getting to that stage where we're looking at Po uh, employee populations as population health and trying to think of, you know, what are the gaps that we need to address based on the risk profile, based on the diversity uh, of, of my workforce, and really trying to sort of try and meet people where their needs are and hopefully, you know, get them good care, get them the right care, get them well and get them informed about their illness. T totally. And when I know in your introduction, you talked about, um, your nav the navigators that you work with, um, I think those are kind of one of those ways that are helping companies bridge all of what you just described. So before we we get too much deeper in that, can you talk a little bit about you know how the navigators that work for you, what they do first, and and then how they're starting to address some of this socially determined for the customers that currently work with us today. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So with a health nav care navigation solution, you know, our team members um, really try to bring in the understand where the member is at. So, you know, if it's coming in just to say, hey, I need to find a doctor to, hey, I've just been diagnosed with cancer or I've got a chronic disease. And so there's a process where we sort of try to understand where the member is. And we have this intake process that you know, uh, under, tries to understand, you know, what is it that the, the member is trying to seek in terms of information? Do they understand their disease? You know, what other gaps exist that they may not be willing to, that they may not have thought of? So, you know, if, if uh, you know, how are the family coping? Um, how are they coping with the bills? You know, and, and so look at it from a holistic perspective. At the same time, you know, as, as we all know, behavioral health has a huge component in health. And so, you know, we try to understand where people are from an anxiety, depression perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, once we understand where people are at, then we can at least try and help them with, you know, improving their healthcare literacy, for example, getting them right information that makes sense to them. Um, if there's any gaps in social determinants health, we look at what the employer has for benefits and what other programs there are through the health plan that might be able to address it. 
Um, and then, you know, it doesn't stop there. There's always going to be follow up. And depending on the follow up and the type of the condition, um, we'll continue to sort of help that member through the their care journeys, uh, whatever it may be. And at some times, at some points in time, you know, there, there, there may be a need for an expert medical opinion. Um, and, and I think that's really helpful, especially for people who might be it may have been told you need to have surgery or you need to have this and they may feel unsure. And so what great way for us to support them is by providing that expert medical opinion to help sort of address some of those questions as well as <clears throat> as well as sort of help them understand their illness and and, and give them the best advice um, so that they can go on to have great outcomes in their care journeys. Um, so again, you know, just to, just to really summarize, it's a holistic approach to the member, uh, understanding their needs, uh, closing care gaps, improving healthcare literacy, and making sure that they're coping through their care journey. And that's not just them, but also their caregivers. Which I and I love that, Dr. Bippin, because it also you mentioned too, navigating through bills. So it's not just the health side of the kind of holistic care. It's making sure that they have financial literacy and financial understanding. And and the other part I love about this is this is not having to make an appointment and go in somewhere else. You know, I, I just read a statistic that's terrifying that it's almost 40%, 39 point something percent of employees know they might have a benefit, but they don't think they have the time off to go take advantage of that benefit that would help them. So, I mean, over and over, we're seeing places that we have to meet employees where they're at and and manage them holistically where they're at and, and really try to support them. So, so I think I'm hoping now, you know, 15 minutes in, people understand what SDAOH is, but Ali, can you, we just recently announced that we are partnering with a company called Social Determined, uh, socially determined. Can you talk a little bit more about that and where we see the future of this going as part of the Alight overall solution? Yeah, um, so I'm really excited about this. We've, I've, I personally and many of us, Dr. Biffin as well, have been working on this for, for quite a long time. Um, so yes, we, we just recently announced a multi-year partnership with uh, Socially Determined, which is a leading social determinants of health, social risk, scoring, uh, and visualization platform company. And this gives a light exclusive access within the employer market. So bringing socially determines uh, social risk scores, algorithms, and the visualization capabilities to the employer market. So the companies that Alight serves today, um, not as a pass-through, but interwoven into Alight solutions and capabilities. So as I was talking about, Dr. Pippen's been talking about, um, you know, enhancing our our knowledge of individuals, communities, markets, and and what may be needed. Um, the data set with socially determined is comprised of, of two major buckets. One is community-based data. What's unique about community-based data, which really looks at seven indices, um, so economic uh, climate, um, housing insecurity, food insecurity, transportation risk, health literacy, digital connectedness, and social connectedness. The difference between community-based data and the precision that socially determined is able to bring versus traditional uh, approaches that companies like Alight have historically used, and I think many others, is uh, which is zip code data, is that Community-based data gets to a 200-meter radius of precision. Basically, think about a city block. 
and how the city block that I'm sitting in in Chicago right now looks different than the city block north to me or potentially south of me or four blocks east or west. Um, what we what happens when we use zip code data is we assume that an entire zip code is homogenous, meaning everyone that lives within that zip code has the same risk profile for any of those uh, indices that I mentioned previously. And we know that that's not the case. You could have a very, very affluent few blocks surrounded by, um, you know, blocks that are in, you know, significantly high risk or lower financial means and, and, and other risk indicators um, or vice versa. So it helps us not, not assume a one size fits all at a zip code level and helps us really pinpoint what is needed based on the address of where that employee or that family lives and or works and the access to resources, as Dr. Bippen was talking about subsequently. The second data set that Socially Determined has is at the individual level. So we actually have the ability to look at Allie's social risk profile different from Allie's husband or Allie's neighbor or, you know, the neighbor that lives a couple houses down. And again, that just increases the precision of really understanding um, what does Allie need in the moment or what may be prohibiting Allie from taking action that we know she needs to take or she knows and or she knows she needs to take, but she doesn't have the means necessary or the capacity necessary to do it. Um, and then the third data set, I know I said two, but I actually meant to say three that Socially Determines brings is called place data. So they're also bringing into their, their uh, databases and the visualization place data, which is community-specific data around community-based organizations, access to pharmacies, access to medical care, access to healthy and unhealthy food sources and restaurants, which is so, so important when we start talking about some of the, the conditions and, and, again, the barriers that they may face. And just to kind of bring this home, I'm going to give you guys an example based on a client that I was just talking to yesterday and some early research that we're doing as we think about how to integrate this data into what a light does. We know that um, one of the top condition, claims driver conditions that our clients often face is diabetes, and I know we've talked about it a lot on this podcast. Um, some of the analysis that we had done geographic area for a set of employees, the number one risk faced by those employees was housing insecurity. And on the surface, you probably think there's nothing an employer can do about housing insecurity. We don't really get into that. We don't traditionally offer benefits around housing insecurity. However, A, I would challenge that a little bit, but B, you've got to think about how housing insecurity impacts well-being overall. It's not just about having the money to pay for other things, but if I'm worried I'm going to get evicted or my kids are going to be sleeping on the street or I'm going to have to find a shelter, whatever it is, I don't have the capacity to worry about my diet if I'm pre-diabetic or I'm diabetic. I don't have the capacity to worry about what programs I'm going to be getting into. So how can we help identify if we know who's high risk for housing insecurity and also the number one uh, 401k loan withdrawal reason for this employer eviction. So how, how can we um, how can we take that data and then say for those people who ha we know have housing insecurity as their top social risk, how can we direct them to EAP for resources? How can we direct them to 
financial coaches and advisors for resources, and how can we direct them to community-based organizations that are there in those markets specifically to help with housing insecurity needs to minimize or help alleviate that risk, get it to a level that is not critical so that they do have capacity for taking care of the pre-diabetes or the diabetes diagnosis and, and their diet and things like that. Oh, my gosh. Our personalization AI algorithms must be like <laughs> chomping at the bit to just absolutely take personalization to an entirely new level. Um, yeah, I guess probably only one final or kind of closing question. Um, Dr. Bippen, what does that mean for employers? What do they need to be thinking about right now based on thinking about what we can do bringing all of this data and putting an AI engine and putting navigators and pulling this all together? You know, what should they be thinking about right now if you're an employer? Let's embrace this. Let's go forward. Let's really drive this because I think this is really the crux of the issue is we can now have the ability to anticipate people's needs, meet them where they are at, get them to the right next best action and also anticipate their future needs. Can you imagine the power of that in terms of my benefit design, what I need from my medical plan, what do I need for my financial well-being? Can you just imagine the effects of all of that? And and as you said, you know, we're salivating at the bits because of, you know, the impact of what we have in our engagement tools. We can use this information to sort of drive better engagement, more appropriate engagement, and even sort of fine-tune our tools, such as the Smart Select MD tool, which is an independent, best-in-class provider search tool. And now we can sort of surface up things that make sense for that individual when they're searching and bring up things that what matter to them. I love it. That's a pretty strong way to end, but... Any final thoughts, Dr. Bippin, uh, on this whole topic or anything you want to leave behind? Then remember nothing else. Remember this one thing. Yeah, I remember what Dr. Bippin says. It's it's about <laughs> sort of using this opportunity to make things better for my employees and my employee population. So, you know, I, th- I think we're in a great place. Um, there's so much opportunity and I'm just ready to help people uh, and trying to innovate in that space. Gosh, spoken like a true doctor. Allie, anything for you to finish? I mean, it's hard to follow that. I, I echo a lot of what he said. I think, you know, a lot of this can can feel a little um, in, intimidating or creepy, if you will, like um, in how do you use this data. But I, I would just urge urge all clients and, and customers and companies to to you know, not let fear get in the way. And yes, this has to be done in an appropriate way. And we have to make sure privacy is maintained. Um, But as we, as we know, and we've seen, you know, client, I'm sorry, employees want this. Employees want to feel more relevant, more supported. And this data can help us do that um, to feel seen by their employers um, and, you know, there's going to be a lot of learning during uh, along the way, but it, it shouldn't prohibit someone from jumping in and working with their um, companies like Alight and others in using the data in the right ways to drive the right outcomes. Focus on outcomes. I love it. What a way to end. What a way to start off November. I actually have goosebumps. I'm going to feel good the rest of my day. This is one of my favorite conversations I've had on any of these podcasts. 
Dr. Bippin, Ali Cusick, thank you both so very much for joining me. And I am very excited where all of this is going to lead us. Thank you for joining us for the Alight on Wellbeing podcast. Visit alight.com to learn more about how we're connecting work and life for greater well-being. If you like what you've heard, please give us a five-star rating from wherever you listen. 